Blog Talk Radio.
God, we're grateful. Because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God. Because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength and our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified, that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord. And we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord. And you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God. And give us a refilling, Lord. That when we leave here today, Lord, we can leave with your anointing, Lord. That as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the in the name of Jesus we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee. And healing is in your wings. And you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls. And in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord. Every demonic force, Lord. God that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. 
while men are trying to find God, solutions to this chaotic world, God. We're looking to you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our trouble lies, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank God. The first song this morning was Russ Taft, and uh, he sang it about God delivered him, what happened after God delivered him, how he come out shouting and singing, no more doubting in his mind. As I did, Pastor Hinton, this morning, prayed the prayer of faith. And I love that prayer right there. I tell you, I could hear it all day. I could hear it all day. Yeah. Because I believe not only does God hear, but he answers. And so we're thankful unto him this morning. We're grateful unto him. We appreciate him. We love him. We can't make it without him. We need him. He's for us. He's ours. He's anyone who chooses him. He will belong to you as well. And so we're thankful this morning unto him. Week ended, Friday, the weekend, the week has ended today, and so we're thankful, we're thankful that we're moving into the weekend. I try to get me a little rest. I used to on Saturdays, and uh, but uh, here lately I've been very busy, even on Saturdays, and we know on Sundays I try and uh, get my make my way to the prison. You love it too, Sister Dot. I know that's right, Sister. I know that's right. Yeah. And so I try to make my way to the prisons and, and, and do whatever it is I can do to be blessed. Thank you, Brother Louis. God bless you this morning. And, uh, you know, just get things, what I need to get done, done. Yeah, because that's a lot to be done. Yeah, I don't understand people bored or Especially a believer, what happened is you you didn't choose a word. You didn't go to God and get your assignment and keep it going, you know. And so now you you don't have nothing to do, you feel like. But there's yet work for you. Yeah, we can yet talk of his wondrous works and make known his deeds among the people. Yeah. Today is Testify Friday. 
And if you have a testimony, feel free to share it today. We want to talk of God's wondrous work, his, his great works. We want to talk of his goodness. We want to tell people what he's done for us. So many of us, we say we believe us, but we sit back in shame. We don't want nobody to know. Yeah, you can know if you want to for me, because guess what? Are you going to, you know, fix it? For me, whatever's going on, can you fix that? No, you can't. Only God can. So we, we're not going to be those kind of believers. I'm going to tell you all about it, what it does for me. I love sharing about his goodness. Told you the other day, went to the farmer's market, me, me over there clowning, and the lady clowning, walked right up there, and God just squashed the situation. Me, 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 give the lady the $12 and let her go on. You got too many more customers. You don't want this here while your customers here. They'll walk away. Because, see, today people don't know who got a gun, who crazy enough to just start shooting, you know. So people uh, will leave. And that's your money walking away when you could have easily resolved it. Yeah. See, God give wisdom. God give wisdom. He gave us power, love, and a sound mind. But we got to be walking in his spirit, walking in him to know these things. When we, we, as Kitty Rogers said, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. And the spirit of the Lord that's in you will tell you all these things. Barbara, don't don't go up there. It is saying that it was it was moving me on towards. Because usually I'd have got and heard all of that. I'd say, oh no, I gotta go. I I, I can't even. Mm-mm. But I got right on out the car. I listened for a minute. Got right on out the car. Walked right on up and diffused the whole thing. Yeah. Took all the sting out of it. God is faithful. Yeah, he'll give us the mind, the heart of what to do. Yeah. Now, that's not, you don't do that in every situation. Make sure you live by the spirit of God. You don't just walk up in nothing. You don't even know really what's going on. You don't just walk up in nothing to about you diffusing something. No, use wisdom, please. Use wisdom. Hallelujah. I stopped just inviting people to my house. And sometimes people invited themselves. I'm coming over. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. The street have a say. Hold up. Swole up. No. 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 Don't don't invite yourself. You know because now you barging in. If you invited, you're going to be treated different. And I had a daughter that told me this. If they invite themselves to my house, I don't open my door. I open my window, my curtains. They see me walking around in my house or they see me looking at TV. I don't answer my door. You wasn't invited. You invited yourself. Therefore, you're considered as barging in. I thought that was so funny. I said, you are ridiculous. Yeah. So you know, COVID came and some other things, and so now we just can't invite ourselves to people's spot. Let them invite you. Yeah, let them give you an invitation. Yeah, and then you'll, you'll be treated better, too. You won't make a blank trip because you need to know that they're home, you know. You need to know that I'm in here. I'm home because I may be gone. You know, you done made a blank trip either way. Hallelujah. And so we thank God this morning. But, you know, if you, you come to that door and I'm here, I'm opening that door. Yeah, I'm not that way. Yeah. 
I am not that way. But I thank God this morning for all he has done this week, what he's doing right now, and what he's going to do. I got out this week. Yesterday I stayed inside. No, ma'am, not 102. Uh, Nikki said she went to get up feet and all that. Now, oh, it's 108 in my car. Okay, it wasn't that in mind. If it was, I wasn't in there with it. Yeah, I stayed in the house and, and kept cool, yeah. And the same thing, uh, if it turned back 102, but today I may get out and get some things done. But we thank God again this morning. We give him glory, honor, and praise for allowing us to be blessed in these ways. Yeah. Cool and hot, yeah, God work it out. If it's winter, he blesses us with heat. Summer, he blesses us with air. Many of us, and some of us have air conditioning and fans. So God is just good to his people. So we want to talk about him. We want to tell people about the goodness of the Lord. And you don't always have to tell your business. You don't always have to tell that you went to get your tag and they told you you didn't have a tag. You don't have to tell all of that. You can tell us something that happened at a store. Uh, you know, you, 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 you ministered to these people and found out that they didn't know God, and then you, you were able to lead them to God with just a few words, you know. You testify something like that, not your personal business, because a lot of people think their personal business is the testimony, yeah, but it, it don't have to be personal business. It's it just that God did this today for this lady, you know. Uh, I was in the line and someone paid for my food or I paid for some simple testimonies, if you have that. Yeah, we don't want you to get deep. My house was in foreclosure five months. Now we don't want to, we don't want your business like that. Yeah. But whatever you feel led by the Spirit, and if you don't feel led by God, keep your mouth shut, yeah, because the enemy will use it against you. Uh-huh. So if God is not leading you, I understand. No problem. No problem. So we're moving on this morning. I have some requests, and uh, we're going to do the first one of the morning. And uh, when we come back from this request, we have a scripture of the day, hallelujah, that we're going to talk a little bit about.
off on its own this morning. It's an eight-minute song, and I wanted to play it for at least five minutes, but it just went off. Uh, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Uh, today we have a testimony of a gentleman who, uh, today he cast out demons. And uh, he said he began to cast out demons after Jesus showed him something. And so we'll be hearing from him today. Uh, there's another one. I, I, I pray we have time to get a portion of that in as well and uh, move on from there. But I wanted to read this. I wanted to read this because in today's world, I, I know people, you know, they say, well, they're crazy. They need medication. That's what's wrong with them. Um, they're just so depressed. They're just so this. They're just so that. And many don't know how to go to get deliverance. Uh, many don't know where to go to get deliverance. So you have a lot of people in the world that's messed up, and some of them know it and some of them don't. And some people know something is wrong, and but they think it's them, but it's really not just you. Uh, you have visitors, yeah, living in your body, and uh, they use it when they get ready. And you think it's just you thinking that way, but it's not you just thinking that way. Yeah, God didn't design you and make you to be evil. You was born in sin, but God didn't make you just to be evil. And uh, he opened a door. He made a way that we could come to him. And all of these evil spirits that would conquer us, because he made a way for us, it no longer can be. It don't have to be. But it all starts with believing. And it all starts with believing that God have all power and he's able to deliver us from anything and anybody. We got to believe that, yeah. So I wanted to read this, and then we're going to go in with um, this young man's testimony. Well, it's a bit early, but uh, we'll go in. And this is, y'all forgive me, y'all know you're going to hear that noise. Um. I don't know, I, I, I think I got something new on the new computer, and any little email, any little whatever, it lets you know. Okay, so we're looking at Matthews this morning, uh, Matthews chapter 17, and uh, we're going to start at verse 14, but the disciples, I mean, Jesus had... Uh, Selected after six days, he uh, take Peter and James and John, his brother, and take them up into the high mountains, and uh, and was Jesus was transfigured before them, and their face just shined as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light, and uh, behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, uh, asking with him, I mean talking with him, and then Peter. I mean, then after Peter said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here, if thou wilt. Let us make here the tabernacle, one for the three, and uh, one for Moses, and one for life. But listen, no matter what they saw, they had problems too, the disciples. And the natural thinking 
came in, not not the spiritual thinking. And these people followed Jesus daily. He chose this twelve, and and their thinking was not right. Listen, many are called, but few are chosen. Even the chosen have problems. This is why we pray that. Let this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus. This is why we try the best that we can to keep our mind on him. Uh, 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 this is why we are praying as often as we can remember. Because man have issues. God called you out single-handed. Come here, Barbara. Before I was born, he made me. He, he chose me to do some things before I was born. It takes me years to figure this out, years to find this out. Because as long as everything is going good in the natural, I won't give him a chance. Oh, I, I heard him, I believe, and I received him. and But I honor him with my lips only. I don't do no kind of hard stuff for him. I'm just good at talking about him to other people. But living for him, truly living for him, my true heart belong to him. Now, uh-uh, I'm going to talk about him real good. But I'm not going to really make known his deeds among the people because I don't remember that because I'm ashamed and I think they're going to think I'm some kind of nut or, or whatever. So I have a form of godliness again today, but I'm denying the power thereof. So, look, anything, I'm open somewhat to any and everything. I, I'm not covered. I, I'm not, I, I don't consider covering myself in the blood of Jesus. I, I, I just want Jesus to do everything. And I just walk around and do what feels good to the flesh, and I'm okay. Yeah. So, after this, he explains some things to them. And and in and, and a lot of words, he told me, Elias already come. <laughs> hey, the Savior of the world is already here. The one who can restore things, the one that can put things back the way that they were. I'm already here, but nobody really truly believes. Yeah. So now they get on down to, I mean, we've gone on down to verse 14. Because remember, Jesus sent them out in twos, his disciples. I got to turn my, my phone off, y'all. I'm sorry. I, I, I had enough of this for the day. A bing, a bing, a bing. So he sent them out. Just like he gave us power, he gave them power. They could heal the sick. They could heal the lame. They could cast out demons. They could raise the dead. It wasn't just for back then when Jesus walked the earth, but it's, it is yet for today. We, we we are yet able to do these things. But do we focus? Do we spend private quality time with God so that he can work on us and in us so that we'll be able to do his work? It's time to testify. It, it, praying, testifying, it's, it, it's time for this. It's time to talk about his wondrous works and make make it known his deeds among the people. Yeah. Verse 14, 
I mean, yeah, verse 14 says this. And when they would come to the multitudes, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, verse 15, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore, vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. So look, they couldn't do it. So when he saw Jesus, he ran to Jesus, because your disciples, they can't catch this thing out of my son. And I would like for my child to be free of this. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Over in the basic English Bible 16 says, And I took him to your disciples, and they were not able to make him well, make him good, make him whole. 17 says, And Jesus answered and said, O false and foolish generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I put up with you? Let him come here to me. See, he got a little aggravated and frustrated. All this time y'all been with me, and you haven't learned anything yet. You've been with me 20 years, 10 years, 5 years, 3 years. You, you, you don't know me. You, you do all this talk about me, but you truly don't know me. I've given you power. I gave you love, and I gave you a sign mind. These are tools you can use. But we don't use them. You know, we love people because they look like us. We love people because they got this and that. I, I look at how they worship celebrities and everything. You don't even know those people. <laughs> then when they find out what went on behind the scenes, they distraught. Oh, 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 they say Bill Cosby did this. Oh, what? Y'all make these people idols. Y'all put these people on pedestals. Y'all talk about these people's lives like y'all know them personally. And y'all made these people real to you, but refused to make God real enough to you so that you can be delivered, so that your household can be delivered. He got to be the God of your house. He got to be the God of your life. And you can walk in there and cast them spirits out. So look, we're going a little bit further. 18 says, and Jesus gave orders to the unclean spirit, and it went out of him. And the boy was made well from that hour. Yeah. They say he was cured. I say he was delivered. He was set free from them spirits that were torturing him. And look. And see how people are this the way we are. We want everything swept under the rug. We don't want nobody to know nothing. But I, I, I would hope I would have went right behind him and said, Lord, I need deliverance. You taught me, and somewhere in there, Lord, I missed it. 
Lord, I want it because I, I, I want to cast these demons out. I want to heal the sick. I want to raise the dead. I want to have a deliverance ministry. Give it to me, Father, in the name of Jesus. So look. 18 says, and Jesus gave orders to the unclean spirit, and it went out of him, and the boy was made whole, well, made well from that hour. Then, this this the kicker, the disciples came to Jesus privately. We good at that. Undercover, sneakily. I don't want nobody to know. They came to him privately and said, why were we not able to send send it out? And he says to them, because of your little faith. Oops, stop it, I say, Barbara. Because of your little faith. And did not the scripture say if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be moved from this place to that, and it will be moved, and nothing will be impossible to you. So they didn't even have faith following him now, the size of a mustard seed. These are those that he chose. Yeah. What we got to do is let him be the God in us and the God of us and the God of our life and let our life be hid in him. I remember one time uh, uh, this young lady and I, we went to high school together, Regina, and uh, we was casting out some demons, a legion. We was casting them out, and we was working together. And this one woman uh, where the man lived, he she was scared. I, I assume that devil was scared. It was gonna lose his money and control. And she come up there and broke it up. And Regina looked at me, and I looked at her, and we sat down. He moved out of there anyway. Yeah. See, let me tell you something. People work witchcraft. They do all kind of stuff. And when they say the church and Jesus and I'm a minister, you you, you got to watch as well as pray. You got to discern, pray for discernment. Because some of these people are doing what their mama taught them to do. They, 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 their grandmama taught them to do. God don't need your help. I promise he don't. He don't need your, your, your salt slanging, ammonia throwing. He don't need none of that. He, he, whatever you're using, your burning candles, God, God does not use that. He don't need that. He needs you to have faith. He needs you to trust him. He needs you to walk according to his word. Quote his word. Many mornings y'all hear me pray, y'all hear me praying according to his word. Because he know his word, and he know his word is true. But in this hour, you got a lot of people full of a lot of spirits. And if you don't have the power to cast out, be careful. And don't just fool with people. You even got to be careful who you speak to today. Because these demons show them you're a demon, you're a monster. And if they got a gun, they'll blow you down. It's sad, but it's true. 
For the just, we're going to live by faith. We're going to walk in the spirit so that we'll know where we're going and what we're doing. God says, say it, say it. If you don't say, say it, shut up. And if we don't have a ministry of deliverance, we want to pray and ask God for a ministry of deliverance. That way he can use us any kind of way. I can walk by you and you'll be set free. I never laid hands on you. I never said nothing to you. Because he's given me that gift. He's given me that ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is faithful. Yeah. But he he, he told him, you know, oh, false and foolish generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I put up with you? Look what he said. Let him come here to me. All of this I, I've been giving you. I, all of this, you've been running in the building. You go to church. You, you go to Bible study. You you support what you think I'm into or, or I'm in. But I'm going to need you to fast. I'm going to need you to pray. I'm going to need you to seek my face for real on what can I what can you do for me? Because we always go to him and ask him to do something for us. Give me this. Lord, do that. Lord, would you do this? Lord, can you do that? Lord, we always asking him. But we need to go to him and find out what is it we can do for him. Lord, I want to work in the vineyard. I'm not sure what you called me to. I'm not sure if you chose me for something specific. Lord, I need your help because I want to obey you at any cost. And, God, I don't want no man stagnating me, stopping me from going because telling me I'm not ready because I don't have this and I don't know about that because what I'm doing is I'm not walking by faith. I'm walking by what man said. If I'm going to follow you, I need to follow you all the way to the letter. Cut that middle man out of there, Lord. I need you to teach me what to do. I've had people that look at me and say, oh, you're special, you're different. Oh, you're not like, look, you can be the same way. He's no respect of persons. He won't do something for me and won't do it for you. But you got to seek his face. Turn from your wicked ways. Then you're going to hear from heaven. He'll forgive your sins and heal the land. Your land. What is your land? Lord, I want to do more for you. I want to be real in you. Lord, I want to carry your gospel. Lord, I want to have a ministry of deliverance. I want people to be set free. And God, I need you to use me to set them free. You gave me your spirit, but I'm battling with faith. I'm battling with believing. Deliver me. Deliver me first, God, so that I can be a blessing to get others delivered through you so you can deliver them through me. Help me, Lord. Without you, I can't do nothing. Yeah. 
I, I remember the disciples was discussing who was going to be first in the kingdom of God. Now, y'all supposed to be the men of God, and that's where your mind at, and that's many of us. But that's not spiritual. That's the flesh. I don't care who is before me as long as I make it in. If I make it as far as the front lawn of the mansion of God, I'll be willing to stay right there, Lord, because I made it in. I could have been in hell. I could have not made it in at all. If I don't get the big diamonds and and the emeralds and and, and the sapphires and the amethyst and all that, I want them to the topaz. All I want is my crown. If he don't crown me, it's all right. I made it in. But it takes something to get something. And we always want God to just give us, give us, give us. Lord, just give me, give me, give me. But what do you give to him? And I know and hope you don't think just because we praise him, we giving him something. He Guess what? Because when the praises go up, the blessings of God come. To, he pay you for your praise. He pays you for your worship. So we're not giving him nothing. So the least we should do is give him our life, for real, for real. Give him our life and ask him to come into us and live, for real. And, Lord, I want to have a ministry of deliverance. When them demons see me, God, I want them to come out and run and run right back to hell. From, from which they came. But we too focus on other stuff, the things of this world. We focus on the stuff in this world. Some of us focus on what we didn't do, what we should do, what we could or would have uh uh-uh. Let that go. Whatever you can do right now, if you could tap your finger for the Lord, just tap your finger. That's all you can do. And ask him to deliver you and ask him to set you free and ask him to heal you. And I'm a living witness. God will do it for you. Yeah. I have been getting out of hand halfway doing Weight Watchers. And I felt so heavy. Ooh, I felt heavy. Wait a minute. Well, I'm exercising. What is that? No, no. I drank more water. And I drink more water, and it causes water to release. Because, see, a lot of us obtaining water, and, and, and it's weight, it's heavy. We think it's fat, but it's water. So he showed me what to do. And if he can do that, he can show me what to do about anything. I want to be his completely. And I don't want to say I want to be his completely, but not willing to step out in faith and do what he asked me to do, do what he chose and called me for or what he called me to do. Because I'm sitting back listening to man. Baba, don't go out there like that, girl. You're going to look like a fool. Let me tell you something. If I'm willing to do it for God, he will not let nothing slip up on me. I won't look like a fool. People will see me as the best thing since sliced bread. I'm telling you what I know. I didn't come here 12 years ago this September. I didn't come here because of a degree. 
I came here because great is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. I came here because the spirit of God, no degree had nothing to do with it. The degree couldn't help me here. It couldn't help me <laughs> with Jesus in the morning. Only God, the spirit of God, wanted to rule and reign through me here. Even back then, it was as if the world had flipped upside down. And people that used to go to church, when they went, they weren't hearing the church as the church no more. People doing any and everything in the church. They got their entertainment. I heard this preacher, and I play him sometime right now, Bishop uh, uh, Lester. You, you hear him saying, some people want it all. I don't want nothing at all if it ain't you, Jesus. You hear him singing all kind of songs like that. He done mixed it up and fixed it up and did what he wanted to do to it. But there are plenty more songs other than Alicia Keys and other people you can, you, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to be careful. Heaven is a special place. Nobody's slipping and sliding off in there, skating off into heaven. To whom much is given, much is required. We got to wake up because we're sleeping hard. I'm telling you, we so sound asleep, it's ridiculous. And while we were sound asleep, the enemy just taking and coming in and just get rid of your form of godliness. Stop denying the power of God. Stop honoring God with your lips and your heart weighs somewhere else. Stop getting trying to get God to, to do what you want him to do, which is not even right. And you won't do what he wants you to do. He died for you. He suffered for you. Because of him, you're here. And without him, you can do nothing. We need to go to God in the realness. Tell him just the way you feel and just the way it is. Don't try to pump it up, fix words, and make it sound intellectual, make it sound spiritual. Just be real with God. Because that's how I go to him. I say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, this, 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 and that, Lord, this, this. I don't, I don't pump it up. Now, I go in reverence, in humbleness. Yeah, he's my heavenly father. I have to be careful. I can't just go to him any kind of way. But I go to him telling him what's in my heart because that's what he deal with. He already knows the very intent of our heart. But we got to get up from sitting down. Been sitting down too long doing nothing for God, only asking him for stuff, for us, our family, our friends, this, that, my prayer request, other people prayer request. Look here, we want to do some work while it's day, for the harvest is plenteous and the labors are few. We pray that the Lord of the harvest send more laborers, but how about what he called you to? How about what he chose you for? Go to God and ask him, Lord, what did you choose me for? What did you call me to? Make it plain for me. And, Lord, I want to do deliverance ministries. Yeah. I told you before I was in a place called Fairbanks, Alaska. And uh, 
I was talking to this lady, and they said they went in bars that night and ministered. And uh, I was standing there talking somewhere. I mean, I was listening, but I wasn't listening because something was off. (laughs) That's all I can tell you. And the Lord said, look. And when I looked, there was a tall man and a short man. And I had found these people living under the bridge, a whole tribe under the bridge, downtown First Avenue, Fairbanks, Alaska. So go over there, go. I left them talking. I left them. They were still talking. I left them and went over there. As I'm approaching the short man and the tall man, and the tall man, I could hear this, shh, shh, shh. She'll cast us out, shh. I could hear that as I'm coming towards him. And, and, and see, I hadn't gathered myself yet. <laughs> I, I was I wasn't myself yet. And I could hear the spirit of the Lord, and he started smiling. When he saw me coming towards him, he started smiling at me. And uh, I kept right on walking towards him, though, walking right towards him. And the little short man was all bloody. He had beat him up the night before. And when I got on up there, the Lord said, lay hands in his midsection. I didn't have time to ask him, hey, can I lay hands? I didn't have time for that. I just laid hands right in his midsection. My left hand pulled him to me, and my right hand went to his midsection. Yeah, between his chest and his stomach. And I commenced to call on them out. I said, come out in the name of Jesus, you foul demons. Come out right now. And look, it didn't take me a whole lot. I didn't have to battle with them, box them. I called them out. And the little short man, he was talking to me, and the the chief was there, the tribe, and other ones, they was happy to see me because I I had been giving out clothes and warm blankets and stuff. So look, he went over to the side of the rail. And up chuck them things down in the river. Do y'all hear me? Up chuck them demons down in the river out his mouth. When he came back over there, he was a whole nother man. Faced and changed everything. I looked. And I went on my, my godson, Keith. He was a minister. He was with me. He said, Mama, what was that? I said, them demons, Keith. And they had to come out. Because I think before I got over there, the man was talking trash to him. Yeah, he was wanting to fight Keith. And I, when the Lord said, go. And I started walking towards him. When he saw me, his face lit up, and he started smiling. Yeah, because you demon, you, I know you don't want to mess with my godson. I know we ain't going to have that. Come out. They had to come out. It made them, it, it, I, I, I can't tell y'all everything, but there have been some situations where God used me. People never the same no more. Never the same. I've had people say, well, Barbara, I don't believe in women preachers. God used my mouth, went right up in their business. Looking at me, I said, yeah, yeah, it, it's not me. It will never be me. It will always be him. Because, see, what we have done in a lot of places, they have taught us the reverence to preach it. 
And we don't see God, we see the man, so we give the attention to the man or the woman. But it's never me. It will always be Almighty God who have all power. So no need to worship Barbara. No, no, no need to bow down to Barbara. We must bow down to God. Hallelujah. We must reverence him. He sent his son Jesus to redeem us back to him. Before he returned, he's already king of kings and lord of lords in my book. He's got all power without him. Just go in your secret closet and talk to him. Just go in your secret closet and be honest with him. Tell him from front to back, side to side, up and down. Tell him exactly what you're feeling. He already know. He's not going to come against your will, but he already know what you're thinking. He already know what you're feeling. And yes, he know when somebody going to do some shooting. Yes, he know when somebody going to molest a child. But it's what they want to do. He won't come against them because your sins will pay you. What we do daily will pay us, whether it's good or bad, it's going to pay us. And God knows this. So he let us make our own choices. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Look, I got one quick request right quick. And uh, when we come back, we are coming back with the testimony of this young man that um, he says that God began, I began to cast out demons after Jesus showed me. So God showed him something, and after that, he began all the way from his childhood. Yeah, all the way from childhood. Uh, he knew that there was something different about him. I can relate. I can relate in, in some different ways with him. Yeah, always knew. Always knew. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to go to... Uh, I want to go to that one so bad, but I, I don't want people to. All right, I'm going to play yours. I'm going to play yours. Tell somebody, I don't care what the devil told you. God made it fail. You don't hear me. Tell somebody, God made it fail. God made it fail. God made it fail. Everything that the devil tried, God made it fail. God made it fail. God made it fail. He made it fail. Everything that the devil tried, God made it God made it fail. God made it fail. Everything the devil tried, God made it fail. God made it fail. God made it fail. He made it fail. Everything that the devil tried, God made it. God not happy. I say y'all not happy. God made it fail. 
than just a radio. This is Jesus in the Morning Radio, spreading the good news of Jesus. I watch as her body came off the floor, her whole body lifted off the floor, about three inches off the floor. And she begins to essentially levitate in the service. And that, I was so intrigued. And, you know, as a young child, looking back at it now, I recognize, mm, I was intrigued because I have a call to deliverance. And so something in me, immediately I lost my fear, and all I wanted to do was watch as my grandmother used was used by the power of God to subdue this thing living inside of this woman. Jordan, welcome back to Delafe Testimonies. It's good to be here. Uh, you were the first one that we actually uh, released on yes. this channel. For people who have not seen that testimony, just tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about your salvation testimony of how you came into this relationship with the Lord. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, my salvation story looks like this. I was raised in church. I uh, always kind of remember loving the Lord or having some level of relationship with the Lord. I was saved at seven years old, really. Got filled with the Holy Ghost at seven years old. Prophesied at seven years old. Really just met the Lord around that age and grew up in the ministry. My grandmother's a senior leader in ministry. My dad is a pastor as well. I have pastors on both sides of my family. One side's hardcore Pentecostal. The other side's very much so Baptist. So I kind of got both sides, um, both extremes, if you will, of the kingdom growing up. You know, middle school came, the desire to be normal, um, caught back on fire for the Lord back when I was in high school. And uh, I've had visitations from the Lord various things throughout my life that uh, have kind of almost in a sense, one confirmed the call, but also confirmed to me that he was real. So I've always, I can't remember a day where I didn't love Jesus um, because I'm one of those cases where I was exposed to church so little. And um, that's pretty much my story. Yeah. For anybody who has not watched the testimony, we are going to be linking it on your screen and it also will be in the description box below. So definitely make sure to check it out to get a little bit more insight into Jordan's incredible walk with the Lord. Now, Jordan, today you are going to share another testimony with mm -hmm. us. What is that testimony that you would like to share? I'm going to talk to you, Eric, about um, my story of how I got involved in the deliverance ministry. Come on. And how uh, the Lord introduced me to the casting out of devils and demons and and things of that nature. <laughs> yeah, which is so interesting because it's such a popular topic. It is a popular topic today, right now. and so um, yeah, we're just honored that you would want to share this with us. So wherever you want to start. Yeah, I think first thing I want to talk about it because it is so popular. I think it's important that people like me kind of open up and talk about how the Lord introduced us because it seems like it's a move of God right now. Yeah. And there's such a revelation for deliverance right now, so why not talk about it, you know? My first time ever seeing a deliverance or um, a demon cast out of somebody was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Like I said, I was raised like in a Pentecostal church, holiness, and uh, my grandmother, um, she's an apostle, and uh, this was like kind of like the prime of the ministry. And my grandmother's leader had came into town, a guy by the name of Apostle S.E. McKinney. He's gone on to be with the Lord right now. And he was known for the prophetic. He would prophesy. But I had never seen him cast out a demon out. And quite frankly, I didn't know what deliverance or the casting out of devils was. I was like eight years old, possibly. And um, we were at a little small storefront church 
in Sterling, Virginia. And um, Apostle McKinney was ministering, prophesying to people. And he laid hands on this one particular woman, and she falls out under the power of God. And this was nothing abnormal to us. We had seen people slain in the Holy Ghost all the time. And I remember the woman, she begins to shake on the floor. Her whole body begins to shake like she's seizing, like having a seizure, and stop. Seizure, stop. Seizure, stop. And I'm looking at her, and as an eight-year-old boy, you know, I just love the Lord. I'm just with my grandmother at church at a, at a service that he had came to preach at. And I look at my grandma, and I tap my grandma on the shoulder. I said, Grandma, something's not right. Even at that age, I knew a seizure is continuous. It was not something that just happens and stops, happens and stops usually. And my grandmother, you know, in, in her wisdom, you know, she said, I know, baby, just go sit down. And so I go back and sit down like I'm like on the third row, and um, I see my grandmother and and the pastor of that church, a woman. She's actually gone on with the Lord as well. They come, they go down to the woman, and they put their hands on the woman while she's seizing and stopping, seizing and stopping. And the moment my grandmother touches her belly, the woman opens her eyes and yells, "No!" But this no. <laughs> It was not a regular no. The uh, the voice that came out of this woman's mouth was so deep that I'm convinced a woman with regular woman vocal cords couldn't make a sound that deep. Me as a grown man, I don't think I can make a sound that deep. And it was a no that came out of her belly. We could hear almost like two voices yelling at her at one time. Being Pentecostal, nothing we do is gentile, gentle or quiet, you know. So that freaks me out. So... I start backing up. I'm sitting in my seat, like in the third row, and I start backing up like this in the chair, and my seat starts moving backwards because I was terrified. I went back so far, I went through about three rows of chairs just backing up like this because I was terrified. It actually kind of traumatized me because, you know, as an eight-year-old kid, you're not used to seeing anything like that. The lady, she begins to shake and yell no and begins to like wrestle with Apostle McKinney's wife, First Lady uh, McKinney, and my grandmother and the pastor. And they begin to wrestle and begin to command this demon to come out. She begins to shake her head violently, saying, no, like, no, this is my house. I belong here. Things of that nature. And the best thing I can tell you is when you're sitting in the midst of a deliverance, even if it's your first time seeing deliverance, if you're saved and have the Holy Spirit, you immediately know what's happening right now. Even if you've never seen it before, you may be new to it. But immediately, the Holy Spirit in you will recognize. Because at eight years old, I knew this is a demon, and I knew my grandmother is getting it out, the woman. And the woman, I watched as her body came off the floor, her whole body lifted off the floor about three inches off the floor. And she begins to essentially levitate in the surface. And that, I was so intrigued. And, you know, as a young child, looking back at it now, I recognize mm, I was intrigued because I have a call to deliverance. And so something in me, immediately I lost my fear, and all I wanted to do was watch as my grandmother used was used by the power of God to subdue this thing living inside of this woman. And, you know, my grandmother sits on the woman, <laughs> essentially, and they pretty much hold her to the ground and begin to proceed to cast that demon out. And that was my first experience, seeing a demon cast out. Fast forwarding, throughout my childhood, I was tormented by demons in my sleep. Um, for years, I would say up to the age of 12, 13 years old, I was terrified 
of the dark and not because the dark itself scared me, but because I would have visitations and encounters with demons in the dark. And, you know, in my last testimony, I talk about how I was visited by the Lord. I've seen Jesus. I tell people, I said, I've had way more encounters with demons than I've had with Jesus. And it's not to say that you should believe God for more demonic encounters. It's just saying, as a child, that I, that I believe the enemy tried to scare me out of the supernatural, possibly because I was called to cast out demons. So as a child, um, I remember living in my apartment with my mom. It was a three-bedroom apartment with my grandmother in one apartment, in one room, my mom in the other. And I had the middle room that didn't have its own bathroom. And I uh, remember for, I would say for about a year straight, I would encounter demons um, in, my, like, in my sleep. I'd be wide awake. My mom would call them nightmares. As most good parents would say, these are nightmares. But I can recall that I was wide awake sitting up in my bed watching activity in my room. Sometimes my shoes would slide across the floor. Sometimes I would hear a random knock on my door. Um, sometimes the closet would open and it would close again. Sometimes my bed would shake randomly. I'll never forget. Um, and the devil, he's so crafty because he knows how to make himself appear animated. So when a child tries to describe him, the parents were saying, this is so animated, this can't be real. So things I would see, this is going to sound crazy, people are probably going to get mad, but I would see a literal T-Rex peeking out of my closet. I would see alligators move across my floor in my room, like real alligators walking across the floor in my room. I'll never forget a woman in an all-white dress came and stood in my room and said, hello. And for some reason, this woman scared me more than the alligators and the T-Rex. I screamed and called for my mother, and she comes running, what's, what's wrong, what's wrong? I said, there's a woman in here. She just said hello to me. She, her face looked scary. She said, Jordan, that was a dream. But I knew for a fact it wasn't a dream because I never fell asleep that night. I did not fall asleep. And so, you know, that whole thing, even me not trying to prove it to you, that, I didn't, that it was a, a real occurrence. Um, and so the enemy really tormented me. I would have dreams of demons coming and attacking me. I had one particular demon come into my room. Um, I had to be like seven, eight, nine, or somewhere around, around that, that time frame. It all kind of runs together. But a demon came into my room and grabbed me by my ankle and essentially pulled me out of the bed. Um, I had one demon. I could hear it under my bed, and um, I could hear it talking to me about other demons. Now, this is very interesting. I heard the demon speaking to other demons about me, and it was saying, we're going to make sure that Jordan has no friends so that he can always remain lonely for the rest of his life. And as a kid, I woke up heartbroken because I knew immediately what one of the assignments, you will, of demons were in my life. It actually caused me, in a sense, to slip into a depression as a child. I didn't tell much people about it because when a child says they're depressed, people really don't pay attention. But it was actually the activity of demons working against me in my life. And so fast forward, you know, I grow up, I have these really strange encounters in middle school, and I believe it was in middle school where the Lord opened my eyes spiritually again to see demons. I would see demons walking through my middle school. It was really weird. It was very prophetic. I would see demons walking around my school carrying signs. I'll never forget I was in my school, and I would see a demon walking through the hallway with a sign that said hate on it. And I remember freaking out because I would see these entities, and they would see me, and they would see me see them. And I would actually respond 
and tell my teacher what I was seeing. You know, and when and, you know in secular education, when a child says middle school says I saw a demon or I see this entity or this monster, they're immediately thinking this kid needs medication. This kid is losing his mind. So there were several occasions where my mom would get called to the school, and my mom was convinced I was losing my mind. And because everything everyone was telling me, I was convinced. I was losing my mind. So they were talking about psych therapy, all, medication, all kind of things to kind of get me back. And I knew at this point my mom was worried, and she didn't really believe that I was seeing demons. She thought I was losing my mind. And eventually that stuff kind of, you know, it wore off over time. And I think at that time in my life I taught myself just ignore it. Just act like you don't see it. And maybe if you act like you don't see it long enough, it'll go away. And ultimately it kind of did go away. And fast forward back to high school, high school, I really had a renewal of my faith. I'm around my junior year of high school, sophomore, junior year, that summer, I really caught on fire for the Lord again. And that's really what we saw, um, a, a level of revival hit my high school. We would see miracles. And this one friend of mine who's an evangelist, I would prophesy to people and he would get them healed. And then we turn around and I would get them healed and he would prophesy to them. And we were a really powerful duo, a team. We would pray for people. We had a, a Christian club. Now, the Christian club was dry. I mean, like dry, dry. Like we played little icebreaker games and ate pizza and talked about like one Bible verse, like it was like, it was, it was dry until we got in there, you know, all glory to God. Of course we got in there and we started talking about the supernatural power of God, healing power, the power of the Holy spirit being filled with the spirit. And we saw a small revival in a sense, kind of break out in our high school at the time because we introduced the school to the supernatural. And we went from pizza parties and Bible verses to laying hands and prophesying and healing the sick. And I never forget the oceanography teacher. I'm pretty sure she was an atheist and we ended up meeting in her classroom every day or after school. So it was very ironic, like we're meeting in our atheist teacher's uh, classroom. I'll never forget the word of knowledge was very strong on me at that time. And I'll never forget this one particular girl. She begins to talk to me and a few of my friends about how she was tormented at night. And it all began to, in a sense, trigger me because I begin to recall what I went through as a child. And this was my first time really stepping over into deliverance as a 16-year-old guy. And I'll never forget, we begin to pray for her. And, you know, in my mind, I wasn't expecting her to what we call today manifest, not this speak it manifesting stuff, but the manifesting, showing forth a demon inside of you. And I remember she falls back. And I had seen plenty of people fall in the spirit before, but the way she fell back was different. It was strange. And she was doing the exact same thing I saw the woman do when I was seven years old. I remember, I said, I remember this. So immediately, because we all had the Holy Spirit, we knew this is a demon. And like this weight hit the room. We all knew we're about to cast out a demon in our school. And part of you is like excited, is like, whoa. And a part of you is like, what happens when it comes out? Is it going to get on me? Like, can this person hurt me right now? So you're like kind of like careful and you're like 
inwardly, you know, 16-year-old boys, you know, what a lot of people are doing with lust. So inwardly, before you even go, go near near the demon, you're like, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I repent. Don't let the thing call my sin out, you know, because, you know, you raise up in Pentecostal church. They say, you better not cast out a demon with any sin in your life. That demon's going to call your sin out. And so we, so I was, you know, just moving in a touch of religion, you know, I got free eventually. I'm like, Lord, wash me in the blood of Jesus. I, I don't want the demon to get me. I don't want the demon to, to call my sin out. And so then we begin to lay hands on her. And we begin to say, we bind you. We only would say what we heard our pa- my parents, my, my grandparents, people who I've ever seen do deliverance. Come out, devil. And I, you know, I'm just yelling, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And I'm like, come out, the blood of Jesus. And we're just like working. And she's squirming. And she falls on the floor. And she begins to go across the floor like a snake. At this point, we're just yelling in a little bit of fear, but also like trying to exercise our authority. And eventually she kind of coughed a little bit, and we just all had this release that we know the demon left her. And so it was a pretty powerful experience, and actually me and two of my friends that was with me, we have actually not talked about it in detail to this day because it was such a heavy moment. And we never really talked about it in depth, and they may have talked about it, but we never talked about it. And that was my first experience with the casting out of devils in my personal ministry. And I'll never forget. What did, what did that do to you afterwards? Like, I, like you're going, you leave this class, you go home. Where are you at now that you've seen this and experienced this? You know, I was freaked out. And I really thought to myself, wow, the devil must be really mad at me. He's going to come after me now. Mm. That was my first initial thought. Because when you're raised in a Pentecostal culture, and it's good to have this kind of raising, they always taught you about the retaliation of hell. How whenever you do something for the kingdom, hell is going to retaliate. And you know what? Hell really retaliated in my life. I'll never forget, I was sitting in government class, and the whole issue of gay marriage came up. Now, mind you, like, I love gay people. I, I believe sin is sin, but I love all people. You know what I mean? And, but, you know, at the time, I was a little more zealous and religious a little bit, and also very vocal. So the way that I would approach things was not really in love. It was more righteousness without love. And we always know that kind of relates to religion. Now I know when I approach things such as same gender loving people, I approach it with righteousness and the word, but also I have to approach the people with love. But at the time, I was not that way at all. You know, 17-year-old Jordan was a tyrant, you know? <laughs> and so I'm sitting in government class, and our class really wasn't a class. It was a debate hall. We would get graded on our ability to communicate our, our political beliefs, and he would oftentimes stir the pot up. So he knows he has this super Christian guy who's most likely going to end up a preacher, me, and then he has this guy in the classroom who's very much so into witchcraft. Like there was this one guy, he dressed like a girl, and he was very much so a homosexual, and the guy didn't like me. And I didn't like the guy. Now, looking back, I should have been more like Jesus. I admit that. I really, but to me, I'm like, it wasn't even the fact that he was a homosexual. It was that he's a witch. (laughs) And my coming up, I said, we don't play with witches. I got power over witches. And I still do. Praise the Lord. We praise God that witches can't touch us as Christians. Amen. But like, I could feel the spiritual tension between me and this guy and he was open and he wore the pentagram he said i'm a witch i talk to spirits i do witchcraft at 17 18 years old and i remember he intentionally brings up the subject and remember at the time I, I think gay marriage was about to be legalized nationally 
and um, he says to me, uh, he, he says, Jordan, what do you think about gay marriage? And I said it very boldly. I said, it's not biblical. <laughs> you know, I forgot about politics. I was thinking about the Bible. Um, it's not biblical. It's against nature. And I just start going in. And then I offended the guy, the other guy in the classroom that I just mentioned. And then he yells out of his mouth. He says, but yeah, you're supposed to be like Jesus in love. And I correct him and rebuked him. And I kind of said some really mean things to him. I didn't like shame him, but I do kind of regret some of the things I said, because what I said to him was not in love, you know. And a few nights later, I'm in my room sleep and I wake up and there's this green light pulsating in my room. I could hear a heartbeat in my room. It was like a boom, 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 boom. And I see this green light moving across my walls. And I'm wondering, what is that? I sit up. I turn around, and I had a headboard in my, dad, my dad's house. I see sitting on my headboard the guy from my classroom. And he's breathing really heavy. And this green light is pulsating out of his mouth. And he's breathing what I knew to be a curse in my bedroom. He's just and this green light was trying to come out of his mouth, but I could tell he was struggling to get it out of his mouth into my room. You would think I would go, I bind you, I, get out of my room. And, and we all know to this day, this is called astral projection, where witches will leave their bodies and try to curse people. And I look at him and I'm like, no, you can't do anything to me. There was this peace that came on me. Even today, I wouldn't even think that would be my natural reaction. It had to be the Holy Spirit. And I said, you can't do anything to me. And I turned over and went right back to sleep. And so somebody said, well, well, do you think this was a dream? It was a real encounter. The next day, I looked at the clock around this encounter. It was around 2 o'clock, 2.30-ish. I looked on Facebook, and I'm friends with the guy on Facebook to this day. (laughs) And he's watching. I love you, man. I just want to let you know. (laughs) But um, I look on his status on Facebook, and it's at 2 a.m. And he says, wow, I really need to step up my spiritual game. So I'm assuming... He was essentially saying whatever he tried the night before essentially did not work. And from that point on seeing him in school, he was kind of awkward. He avoided me at all costs um, because I'm assuming he met the power of God that night and saw the protective nature of the power of God for his children, you know. So fast forwarding, going to ministry after I had my encounter with Jesus in 2012, I had a trip to heaven. I've talked about it in the last story where I saw Jesus, had that encounter. I was zealous for the Lord. And, you know, I would see a little bit of deliverance here, a little casting of devils there. And, you know, I really thought I was doing something. I thought I was God's great man of deliverance, you know. I think I've casted out nine devils, you know, just like, you know, and, and praise God. God was training me, but nothing could have prepared me for what I was getting ready to experience. I would say around the year of 2014, I got really hungry for the Lord. And so I entered into a series of fast. I would fast three days here. I would fast five days here. And let me tell you this. To this day, I'm a horrible faster. I do not like fasting because I still am mastering self-control. So when it comes to eating after the fast, I always eat too much and I end up sick after every fast. It's, it's, it's just something bad. Haven't mastered it. Um, if you have any tips, please put them in the comments, I guess. you know. But I end up fasting for 21 days. I went 21 days straight, nothing but water, apple juice and orange juice and tea. That's all I went for for 21 days. And the presence of God was so strong on me during this fast. 
and I was like a drunk man in the presence of God. I'll never forget, I would go to my basement, and I would say, Jesus, and I would collapse. I'd be on the floor for hours at a time. I couldn't do a closing prayer during that time because the presence of God would overwhelm me. I'll never forget, it was in the middle of that 21-day fast, when I first time, the first time I pulled a woman out of a wheelchair. She was on oxygen. She had just got out of the hospital for suicide, and she manifested, and the demon came right out. She stood out of her wheelchair. She actually got off of dialysis, and she's totally healed to this day. Crazy experience, crazy testimony. And I was like, this is why I went on the fast. I was believing God for a miracle anointing, for God to up the miracles. I was seeing healings here and there, just like deliverance, but I was way more interested in miracles. I actually wanted to be Benny Hinn. I was convinced that I was the black Benny Hinn. And so I, 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 was, I was you know, working miracles, and I wanted God to use me more. I said, I want blind eyes open. I want to see deaf ears open. I want to see cancer disappear. I said, I'm going to fast for that, Lord. Because I believe if I fast and seek you and die to myself more and get in your presence, you're going to trust me with these greater miracles. And that actually is a principle that I've learned. That's true. But I've learned also that God will not always honor what you want on the fast. And I learned that after the fast, it seemed as if every demon in hell recognized me. I'll never forget I was in D.C. walking with a few people, and I walked through the homeless camp. A man called out of the tent. Hey, Jordan, what are you doing in our city? And someone said, did you hear that? And I said, yes. They said, are you going to address that? I said, no. Did you hear what that demon said? This is their city. I'm from Manassas. I'm not dealing with a D.C. demon. And more so, I was a little terrified. I said, they know my name. <laughs> and from there, it seemed like every time I'd come into a service, deliverance would break out. I was actually at a ministry you attend. And um, it was the, the base camp, and we were out in Pennsylvania, and I was one of the guest speakers. I went to give a prophetic word, and I literally said, gee, I didn't even say Jesus. I said, Jesus. The room was filled with like 100 people, and all of a sudden, you just see like 20 kids just hit the floor. Some kids begin to crawl like snakes. Other kids immediately begin to throw up. I see a woman in the front row. She starts yelling, I'll kill him. Like a 17-year-old sweet girl, like, like, I'll kill him in a deep voice. And starts trying to crawl up the stairs. And it freaked me out, like freaked me out, freaked me out. Because I'm like, yo, what is going on here? I'm like, these are real demons going crazy. And so, you know, at that moment, I'm like, well, I have the mic. So instead of giving the prophetic word, I just start yelling, come out, come out. It, you would think that a bomb went off in that room because people who weren't even manifesting just started manifesting and they just started bring carrying people to the front who were some were slithering some were hissing some were growling some were roaring some people eyes and rolling the back of their head and it seemed like everything in that room manifested and we spent two hours casting demons at as many people as we can the next morning i was intending to do a holy ghost service and the holy ghost fell and more people began to manifest demons and begin to throw up and they begin to experience the freedom power of the Holy Spirit. And it was at that moment in my ministry, in my life, I know something has shifted. Something has shifted in my life and shifted in my ministry. And God has given me another degree of authority. And you know what? Well, I said, I wanted miracles, but I'm okay with this because God is trusting this. I was okay up until maybe like possibly a little under a year ago when I had other experience leading up into that. I would go places. People would call me in for mass deliverance. I'll never forget this one really marked me 
the Lord gave me a word of knowledge by a young woman. The Lord showed me her uncle while I was ministering to her prophetically. I remember seeing the smile on his face. And the Lord told me, you were molested by your smiling uncle. And she immediately began to cry because it was true. And I was in Commerce, Georgia. I'll never forget. And the Lord said, cast the spirit of molestation out of her. And I was so shocked because I had heard people talk about the spirit of molestation and the spirit of violation. But I really, you know, I don't, I'm not too prone to believe what I hear until I experience it for myself. I actually lean more towards the side of skepticism rather than quick to believe because I always want to see the proof, you know. And so I begin to say, you spirit of molestation come out. And I remember she looks up at me. And she's smiling the same way that I saw her uncle smiling in the vision. And I knew it was that spirit of molestation. And she begins to manifest and she gets free. Another mass deliverance broke out that day. I was preaching on deliverance. And I remember a woman started manifesting while I was preaching. And the Holy Spirit actually said to me, and this would be some wisdom for somebody. He said, tell the demon to stop and to wait until you're done preaching. I, you know me, I'm bold. I said, shut up. I said, shut up, you foul spirit. You know, when the Holy Spirit says, like, you know, sometimes we add stuff to what the Holy Spirit said. I said, shut up. I said, you are not to speak again until I get done preaching. I said, in Jesus' name, amen, after I got done preaching, immediately when we begin to manifest again. And we cast the demons out of the, the entire um, church. Fast forwarding, going back up, and I guess this is like my last story with this whole thing. This was actually in this building. And I had done mass deliverance in my church. But, you know, over the, over the years, I have acquired spiritual children, people who I love deeply, who, you know, I, some of them I led to Christ. Some of them were already saved, but I got them filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, I introduced them to the call of God on their lives. You know, God used me to bring them out of a lukewarm lifestyle into a fiery, hot, passionate lifestyle. And some, a lot of these people, the relationship was three and a half years deep and deeper. It was three years deep, and this is about maybe like about half a year ago possibly, and we were doing a prayer revival. And I didn't want to do anything for the prayer revival but except actually do what we came to do and seek the Lord and pray. And I remember we were praying the first night. One of my spiritual sons, he begins to manifest demons. But I kind of already knew he had these demons, so it wasn't that much of a shock. And really, discipling him was getting a little difficult at the time just because I knew we were coming against some, some demons there. And so he manifests the first night, and um, I love him so deeply. And so when we begin to address it, we dealt with it a little bit, and he, he began to fight me and try to run away and try to uh, push us to the point where I tried to hold on to him, and, I, and like he picked me up in the air, and I pretty much held on to him, kind of fell and then grabbed him, and we had to pin him against the wall and cast the demon out of him that was manifesting at the time. He manifests the next night. This was, I would say, the wildest deliverance experience. I have ever experienced in my entire life. He manifested the second night, and we dragged him into my office. We were doing an all-night prayer this, the last night of the, of the prayer revival. We were supposed to pray from 7 o'clock p.m. till 6 o'clock in the morning, so essentially 11 hours of prayer. And it took about six men to hold him down. We had to move my coffee table at my office, and we began, he began to roar like a lion. All kind of demons began to speak out of him. And inwardly, I begin to become discouraged. One, because I was tired of wrestling with this demon. Mind you, I was th three to four days into no food. I'm physically tired. We've been praying all night. And I remember saying to my team, I said, just hold him down. I'll be back. 
keep working with him, keep binding this demon and commanding it to go break these curses and go for it. And I went to the bathroom and I went to use the bathroom. But I really went to go talk to God. I was like, look, Lord, I'm tired. We've been doing this for three and a half hours, it seems like, four hours. And everyone's out here still praying, seeking the face of God. I have people singing, and thank God for Nova Hub Church because they really just facilitated my while I had to go deal with something else. And I go to the bathroom, and I say, and the Lord says to me, son, I want you to remember this. I am inexhaustible. Demons are exhaustible. He said, I have no deficit. Demons can be worn out. And I remember that. And I knew by the Spirit of God, all I had to do was outlast this demon. As long as I could pull from the strength of God to keep battling with this thing. Now, mind you, this demon is saying things to us. You know, the person, we knew it wasn't him, but he was saying very hurtful things to us. I mean, and it was, and the demon was imitating the person we were casting the devil out. So this was a spiritual son. There are little jokes that we have together, little traditions we have as a family that we do together. He, we have a favorite restaurant, a favorite store, and the demon was asking, hey, you want to go to this store together? Hey, it's me, your son. You want to go to this store together? And we knew by the sinister nature it was not him. It was a demon. It would actually kind of make you infuriated because how dare you take control of someone that I love? And then at that moment, you kind of feel powerless because you're saying come out. You know you have authority, but the demon is stubborn and will not move. And I knew. I came back in there with a fresh grace on me, and it took me about two more hours. We were there for five hours, essentially, in the office, casting the demon out. And once we got it out, it was breakthrough. We gave him water. We gave him something to eat. I told everyone, at 12, we're going to take a break from prayer. Everyone can break their fast, and then we're going to pray till sunup. So at 12, everyone had already been eaten. We had finished up. And when I came up the office, everyone was kind of getting ready to pray again. And I was just so joyful that the demon had left. And so people are starting to come back from their restaurants and midnight snacks and things of nature. And we're singing African psalms, African songs, uh, Christian songs. Like, fire, 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 fire. And we're all like having a good time in the Holy Ghost. Good singing, no music, just going crazy in God. We all start praying again. Everyone's eating and everyone's asking me, do you want food? Can I get you some food? And I heard the Lord say, don't eat yet. Don't break your fast. So everyone's like begging me, please eat. You're tired. You just wrestled with a demon for five hours. And I said, I can't eat. I don't, I don't want to eat yet. I'll eat at sunup. And it makes sense because we know that Jesus says these kinds, certain demons, only come out through prayer and fasting. And so it makes sense now because, you know, knowing the scripture, what the word says. And I remember I start praying and start singing. You would think another bomb went off in the room. I didn't even address demons. I just started praying and, and exhorting the crowd. Next thing you know, an invisible force just comes in the room and starts knocking people out of their chairs, knocking them off their feet. People go flying. I mean, the room was in pandemonium. And what we do at our church, what happens is we, when demons start manifesting, we try to keep the dignity of the person sometimes. So we'll lift sheets up to cover the person that's manifesting. It looked like tent city in our church because there were so many sheets up all over the room. And sometimes the people who were holding the sheets would start manifesting. And we would have to put sheets around them. It was so crazy. I just began to cast out these demons. Men were screaming out. I mean, men, grown men, were screeching in the back of the church. Several of my spiritual children just all began to manifest. 
and begin to slither across the floor like snakes. This demon, it would begin to contort their faces. It, they would come and tell me their name. And I begin to wrestle with some of these things. And at one point, I would start working with one demon, find someone who was not manifesting, and not even people who were leaders, <clears throat> people who I just knew who knew God. Cast this demon out. Work with them. I got to go to somebody else. People were trying to run, trying to hit their head, all kind of crazy things, um, fight people. It was one of the wildest experiences of my life. And the demons, were, every time I would peek over the, the tent or the sheet, they would start calling my name, no, no, not him. Get him away from me. No. And I would come and wrestle with them and, like, hold them down. And the reason why I would wrestle with them is because I didn't want their bodies to get hurt. Because demons on their way out, they'll try to hurt the person that they're manifesting through, banging their head on the floor. So I would, like, hold, try to hold their head up and begin to drive the demon out, command the demon to come out, all kind of various things. And it was very, very traumatizing. No, at that moment, like I told you before, in that moment when people you love are manifesting, you turn into Superman. You turn into, listen, I got to do what I got to do. And we got to get these people free. Greater is he that is in me that's in the world, you know? And the entire night, I just kept on quoting that scripture to me, to myself. Greater is he that is in me than the world. Greater is he that is in me than he's in the world. Just kept on saying it to myself and over again so I could get through the night. And it was so bad that we were casting demons out of people so they could get up, get their bearings together, and help me cast demons out. We were actually activating people in deliverance that night. And we did that till 5 o'clock in the morning. And then around 5 o'clock, we just worshipped worshiped until like 6 o'clock. And for the next four or five days, I couldn't move or really leave the house for about a week after that. My body was stiff. It was sore. I was in physical pain from rolling across the floor. My voice was gone. And throughout the entire week, I felt like the, the devil was trying to torment me. Because when I would sleep, all I would see was the face of my spiritual children contorting one of my sons he smiled at me literally from ear to ear and i don't want to glorify the devil with this but i want to like say just how real this i just i can't express to you how real deliverance really is i would see the images play in my head of the service every night every day and to the point i would just cry all day and i remember i talked to one of my older brothers my spiritual brother in the gospel He's a powerful prophet from the UK. And I told him, I said, I'm done with deliverance. I said, I don't think I have the heart for this stuff. Because there's one thing when you're casting out demons of people you don't know, but it's completely different when it's somebody you're, you're connected to, someone you love deeply. And that's why I kind of have a problem with today's deliverance movement, because people are embarrassing and shaming people. But we don't realize that's somebody's son. That's someone's daughter. Somebody loves that person. They're important to somebody. Why are we shaming and, and doing these things to people on camera when we should just get them free? Our main goal should be, for, should be freedom. And that's I said, I'm done with deliverance. This is about a little under a year ago. And my bro, um, very accurate prophet, he said, bro, when are you going to accept your identity that you are not just a healing minister? You are a deliverance minister. God has called you to the ministry of deliverance. And I said, I, I guess I accept it now, but I never asked for this. And I started complaining to God. I said, when I went on that 21-day fast, I didn't ask you for deliverance. I asked you for miracles. And then it brought me to this place of humility. Lord, I submit to whatever assignment you give me. And through that process of submission, I really begin to experience the healing power of God 
come on my body, come on, come on my mind, because I was physically traumatized. And I would say deliverance is not for the faint of heart. If you're not ready to hear, experience crazy things, and if you don't know that you have the ability to love people beyond what's living on the inside of them, deliverance ministry ain't for you. And I learned what I needed was a greater capacity of love to be able to minister to the demonized. And so that's pretty much like my story when it comes to deliverance and how I got involved in deliverance ministry. Jordan, did you ever, you yourself, experience deliverance in your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I've had two major deliverances in my life. One was by myself with the Lord, and another one was with my um, my grandmother and my aunt. I remember um, the, first t- no, the first time I was with them, I very much so manifested, but they did a, such a good job at concealing what was happening to me. Anyone who was around, no one really would have known it was manifestation. I want to say I was around 14, 15 years old, but I can't really recall what happened. But I just remember coming to myself kind of crying. And I remember like my aunt wiping my tears from my face, and I knew that I had experienced like a level of deliverance. But the more radical deliverance for me, it was when I was around 17 years old. I was begging God for deliverance from lust. I was like, Lord, I don't want to be lustful. I don't want to look at a woman in that way. I don't want to be addicted to pornography anymore. Like I was begging God, set me free from this lust. And I remember the power of God came in my room so strong. This was before my encounter when I was 18. And I remember laying on my bed because I felt God so strong in my room, laying on my bed. And I remember going into almost like this vision. And I couldn't see the face, but I saw these hands and the finger on this hand go down my chest. It was almost as if I was outside of my body. And I remember watching that hand reach into me. Now, this is going to sound really weird pulling an entity out, some kind of strange-looking creature out, holding it, and it like wiggling and being terrified and thinking, you know, inwardly, I'm like, what is that? You know, like, what the heck is that? And was that in me? And I remember watching my body close back up in this vision, and I still struggled with lustful thoughts after that, but I knew the demon that was sourced of it was out of my life. And that's how I knew. Now, the lustful thoughts and the, the, the struggle with lust, it ended about a year later. And a lot of times people sometimes we think a struggle is a demon. A struggle is not necessarily a demon. But I knew the demon associated with it was gone out of my life. So, yeah, I, I've experienced deliverance myself too. Jordan, for the people who are watching right now who are seeking deliverance, maybe they don't have a, a deliverance minister around them or, or their church is not operating in that. For that person who's watching right now saying, Man, I need deliverance. What can you say to that person? Well, I, I could talk to you logically, and then I could talk to you spiritually. I could say, one, there's so much material out here for deliverance if you can't get to someone who can help you with deliverance. For an example, there's a great book called Prayers That Route Demons. There are plenty of deliverance books where you can read and you or experience deliverance just by reading these books. Another way to experience deliverance is by reading the Word, obviously. Um, what do I mean by that? The word divides soul from spirit. It's a sword. I, if you would study the times that Jesus would cast demons out of people, you can experience deliverance just by reading the story of Jesus as it relates to him casting out demons. Another way I would say is use the virtual platform to your advantage. Most deliverance ministries go virtual as well, and you can find someone that can meet with you via Zoom. 
And also, if you feel like your issue is that bad, the question is, how hungry are you? Can you drive or fly or find or go to somewhere that's reputable, that knows how to cast that devil out of you? Also, the biggest thing I tell people, I said, the scripture says this, resist the devil and he will flee. And so a lot of times people, they want someone to come work a miracle on them. But understand, sometimes if you resist the devil long enough, he'll come out of you. But it's also understanding your power as a Christian who have the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have been given the power to resist every demon that's working against you. And ultimately, you become unfruitful to him. So that's why I say that demon that you're wrestling with, you need deliverance from, he's exhaustible. But you have an inexhaustible spirit living in you, the Holy Ghost. So the whole, the, sometimes the, the answer is not who can lay hands on me. It's about how long can I last with Holy Spirit. Jordan, any last words to people who are watching your testimony right now? You're not any less anointed or saved or loved by God if you have a demon. If anything, you need a greater manifestation of his love towards you. So never think the presence of something else living inside of you makes you less of who you are. I have found that demons love to attach themselves to the most called, anointed, and appointed of people. This is the kind of radio you need. Yes, Jesus is a morning radio. Bold radio for real people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So what you think? What you think? You have any ideas? You have anything? You have any questions? What do you think? Because that is so true. That is so true. Yeah. Uh, Brother Lewis says that uh, he mentioned getting sick following a fast. An old woman told us to only eat toast and jelly when breaking a fast. My buddy fasted 40 days and went to a Super Bowl party, broke his fast there, and ate sliced cucumbers. It gave him so much gas they had to take him to the hospital. Yeah, a fast is a serious thing. And that's what I'm working on, fasting more. Because guess what? When you fast, you get power. When you fast, you get power. Some people drink fruit juice. They drink water, uh, tea or something. I drink absolutely nothing, and I eat absolutely nothing on a fast. I want to be completely empty so that the Spirit of God can fill me more. Less food, more God. Yeah. So that's that's where we have to be. And I tell you, demons are real, and they live in people because they need a shell. They need a, a house so that they can use this person when they get ready. Yeah. And we bind up the spirit of evil today. Coming our way in the name of Jesus. Anything that's not like Jesus, we bind it up and cast it to the pits of hell. In the name of Jesus and Father God, we ask that you would rebuke the devourer for our sake this day. In Jesus' name, amen and hallelujah. Yeah, because this thing is real. It is real. You see people acting a donkey, and, I, and I'm going to tell you what suppressed demons, medication. And the reason it suppressed it because it makes the person, uh, how can I say it? It, it makes them calm, I'll put it that way. 
And so when the person is calm, because of the medication, the demons don't do what it really would do or what it normally does. I know people, even in my family, if they don't get that medication, oh, you never saw nothing like it before. They want to fight. They're accusing everybody. They're seeing what's not true. All kind of stuff go on. But those are demons. Yeah. God ain't make nobody bipolar. God ain't, nobody was born uh, with all this craziness. Those spirits came in. Yeah. They come in. Some people say, well, I was born with this. No, you might have got that after you was born. God made a perfect person, really. Yeah. And after you was born, all this stuff come in. Up to my babies. Not even an hour old, not even 30 minutes old. Yeah. Depending on what was around you in the hospital or wherever you was born. And the devil saw a way of coming in. Yeah. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. Yeah. We were born as sinners now. Yes, we were. But it, it could go beyond that because we can pick up on some things. And spirits know people. And you even have what they call familiar spirits. The spirit in them is in you. Uh-huh. And they come and they deposit that thing in you. Got to be careful who you hang out with and all of that. Because if they don't know Jesus, then you don't want to know them. You want to pray for them, minister to them, witness to them. That's what you want to do. Keep them in prayer. Because when I tell you this is real, but fasting is a powerful thing. And if we fast more, we are going to have more power. Hallelujah. Some days you see God is really moving here, really moving here. Empty. And see, I don't tell people when I'm fasting. That's between me and God. Yeah. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The studio is open. If there's anyone have something they would like to say, please feel free to come in and press that number one. And uh, it's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. We're going to this one.
a little testimony this morning uh, from what I've experienced um, about two years ago. Kay and I went to public, and she went to get something. I can't recall what it was, but I told her, I said, well, I'm going to stand right here in front of this aisle. So I'm standing there, and I look, and here comes this man down the aisle. But when the man got there to the end of it, he had a face like a monster. So it it, it kind of shook me up, but I turned around to see where this, whatever it was, which I think it was a demon, was headed. Shortly after that, a woman comes down the aisle. And when she got end of it, she had the same type face. So I watched her and she made a right turn and went on. So when Kay came back, we went down the water aisle. And I told Kay, I said, Kay, I think I just saw two demons in here. And I described it to her. She said, yeah. She called me baby. She said, yeah, baby, that's what it was. Now, this happened about two years ago in public. Yes, ma'am, it's real, Sister Dot. It is real. I know from that day where I knew uh, demons were real, but from that day, I say, wow, when I go in public, I don't want nobody getting real close to me because I don't know what it is. <laughs> but, yeah, that really, maybe some people might not believe it, but that really happened. Yes, yes. I believe you because you got warlocks. You got all kind of stuff out here. Now, this has been many years ago, many years ago. Could have been in the late 90s. I went to the Walmart on West Colonia. I know where you. I know you know where West Colonia is in Orlando. Right. Matter of fact, this man had asked me to take him, and he told me he said, "Look, I don't drink beer." He said because, you know, I've been delivered from alcohol. I was an alcoholic. I said, "Oh, okay." He said, "But I drank old dudes. It tastes like beer, but it's not beer." I said, "Okay." So I took him on to Walmart. I got in Walmart. Look, it was coming up to uh, uh, Halloween. And I was on this aisle looking at whatever. And this man come. And when I looked at him, he didn't look ugly. His face wasn't distorted or nothing like that. But he looked weird. And I looked at him. And I looked at him again. And he said, yeah. See, yeah, you see it. I'm a warlock. Wow. And I looked again, and he turned around and just walked on off from me. I said, if this is not the strangest thing, a woman came, and she told me she was a witch. Hmm. I said, okay, yeah, y'all can be anything you want. Great is he that lives within me that he that is in the world. 
Yeah, I want to call it on the name of Jesus right there. You hear me? When the man got through shopping, and he, he kind of disappeared a little bit, and I couldn't find him. And then finally I saw him in the checkout line, and then I went on, you know, because I had already paid for my stuff. And so when we, you know, came back together and got in the car, I said, you know, I saw something strange in there. He said, what? And I started telling him. He said, yeah, I saw some stuff too. So, see, wherever people have to go, they lurks. You go, Most people going to go to the grocery store. I don't know more, but mm-hmm. most people go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Walmart is one of the biggest uh, stores that they go to, Publix. And, see, in Publix, I know it's some ugly demons. Oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> huh? Yeah, some but, ugly. Go ahead. Go ahead, <laughs> Sister Doc. But when they came up and, and saw me looking at them, you should have seen them turn in the corner. But it kind of shook me up because uh, I wasn't expecting the man to have no face like that. I, You know, I thought it was just an ordinary man coming up. And then after he left, then the woman come behind him. Oh, uh-huh. uh, I was glad when Kay hurried up and got back with me. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Because Kay, it's time to go. Yeah, granddad, yeah. let's. I mean, granddaughter, <laughs> let's run for the border. Let's run to Jesus. It's gonna be all right and get up out of their territory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That happened. Yes, ma'am, and I know it to be the truth. I was there when my cousin, they cast demons out of her. And just what he said, no woman voice could be that deep. Yeah. Mm. When they asked her who she was, at first she said, uh, Mary, because that's her name. They said, no, no. It was about four evangelists around her working on that sister. They said, no, no, what is your name? That thing come up out of her like it came from out of a deep. Dog, I don't know what kind of place. That thing said Lucifer. Oh, it was so deep. Whoa. I'm looking. I begin to plead the blood of Jesus. Y'all hear me? I begin to call on the name of the Lord. And they worked with her. And uh, her aunt said, no, you know that's not your name. I mean, yeah, that's your name, and we command you out of her. Because at first she didn't she didn't say what the name was. But when they got through, she said that like it came up out of deep dog something of her. And they command that thing to come out of her. And he had to come out. I mean, she was fighting and, and, and just carrying on on the floor. And you would have to know her. That, that, that wasn't her M.O. Oh, no, that's not the way she acted. When they got through with her, she was a whole other person. And right until this very day, she's preaching the gospel. They call her, her name is Mary Peoples, so they call her Apostle Peoples. Yeah, still preaching, praying, yeah, all of that. Before that, mm. oh, no, I mean, this this girl was something serious. But when they got done, she was a whole other person. Yeah, God gave us power, and we could command these things out. But you got to have some power. You can't play with the devil because he don't play with you. And he's always on his job. He he, he He's not one that's uh, always going to God for more or something. He don't go to God for more or nothing. 
He go to work. He goes to work. And a lot of things we accuse the devil of is not him, it's us. Yeah, and we'll put it on the devil, but that's not the devil, that's you. Yeah. And we want to be prayed up. We want to be covered in God, covered in the blood of Jesus. Yeah. And when I called on the name of Jesus, I done been in positions where they had to run. Yeah, because they came to destroy me. Uh-huh. Because that's the job, to kill, steal, and destroy. destroy. And sometimes they just go in for the destroy first. They don't worry about the killing and the stealing because they're going to kill and steal you because you're going to be destroyed. Yeah, mind, everything. Body not working no more, all kind of stuff. Yeah, they ugly, ugly. You have anything else you want to say, Sister Dot? No, that was it. Okay. That God bless it. you for the testimony this morning. <laughs> oh, God bless you as well. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Amen. We thank God. I'm closing your mic. And uh, bear with me, Sister Jerry. I'm going to come right on to Brother Anthony this morning. Good morning, Brother Anthony. God bless you. How are you? Bless how the favor. Good morning, Miss Barbara. Good morning to you, Sister Dot, Sister Jerry. Uh, everybody out there listening this morning, I want to give God a thanks, first of all, for life, heaven, strength, keeping my right mind. Thank you for allowing me to see another day. Thank you for, uh, for activating my limbs, who he is in me, what he's doing in me, where he brought me from, where he's taking me at. And just thank God for his love and his mercy. Thank God for this ministry. And uh, I'm, I, ain't got, I ain't got a really a testimony, but I just thank uh, thank God for tuning in. And, you know, the other testimony, but my testimony is just, you know, I just thank God for another day just being here. You know, uh, thank him for, you know, keeping me and, you know, keeping uh, health-wise. You know, I'm still here despite of what's going on in my body. He's still laying out in my lungs and me able to breathe. And I thank you, thankful for him. I'm still connected to him, and you know he knows me. So I, I'm just blessed by that, and this y'all voice and everything. And you know, I was just listening to what y'all were talking about, and it's kind of it's kind of weird, but that stuff like that interests me. I you know I was listening, I was look at um uh this lady uh from uh. What's that? NASA, I guess it is Florida, something like that, the Bahamas. Uh prophet is she a prophet, her and her husband. Uh they like they the uh, African almost or Jamaican descent. I can't Maddie Nobles, I think that's her name. But yeah, I'll I be looking at uh, her things on, on YouTube and on on the phone and you know, I've seen her, you know, delivering people and setting them free from demons and stuff, so you know, that kinda catching my attention and I'll be looking at them and I've been to some services where you know the the, the person the, the, the apostle you know will be trying to or des- delivering the person or I say attempting because uh, you know I kind of heard him say you know he started the process and he made a guy halfway through whatever he was doing to me that's what I felt he didn't finish it all the way because you know he was like you need to find out well, you know, the witchcraft came from, and I'm in my mind, I'm like, well, you know, if that's God, you got God in you, and he gave you that 
give to be able to deliver the person, then he will let you know, you know what I'm saying, where it came from. You wouldn't have to send that person back to go and them to find out. So, you know, it's just sometimes you got to well, listen to, Anthony, you know. Have you ever seen The Exorcist, bro, Anthony? When the, the movie The Exorcist. Yeah, you remember the priest yes. in there with that foolishness, and they found him dead. Uh-huh. Don't play. Don't play. I know that's right. The devil is not playing with you. Do not play. If you know you ain't got the power, you know you're not in God where you should be, get somewhere and sit down. Yeah. I know that's right. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It's all right in Jesus' name. But uh, I'm getting uh, Sister Jerry in. All right. Good morning. Good morning, Sister Jerry. God bless you. How are you? Good morning, Sister Barbara. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah, I am too. But, you know, I was listening to all of this stuff. And sometimes, Sister Barbara, you get hooked up with people. And they'll tell you, I was a witch. I was a witch. That's what they'll say. But when they go to so-called praying the Holy Spirit is not like I ever heard it before. And I was sitting here thinking, like, they saying something I ain't never heard of, la 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 okay, that ain't what I heard. I, that's not what I hear. I heard that. But the more I think about it, they say I was a witch. See, I'm an analyst. But if you was a witch, why are you still speaking in that other language? Because just because you can see, the devil can see too, you know. I was a witch. Well, was you was a witch? When you telling me you see, uh, what you call this station, you tell me where people projecting their house and they're standing there, and I'm like, wait a minute. Asperger projection, see. Then God cut things off from me when he see which way I'm going. I say, Lord, if these people not be for me, I don't cast out demons because I don't have that authority. But I do go to God and say, God, if these people be for me, keep them in my place. If they not be for me, send them on their way. And, you know, this too shall happen. Before I knew it, she was getting angry, and she would she would even call me a witch. Jerry, you know you're probably a witch. No, I don't know you're probably a witch. I know one thing. When I was 16 years old, 16 years old, I heard the spirit of the Lord. He used to tell me which way, which 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 way was not to go. But then I thought that was my mental mind because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. That's me being crazy. Let me go and do this right here. Oh, that's me being crazy. No, that wasn't me being crazy. That was still, even when you did it, God covered you. Even when you were at that red light to be in case, God set you aside and sent you out. It ain't that I've been so good, but I have been real stupid. And God will put you where you're supposed to go. And I thank God that he has put me in front of pastors, preachers, evangelism, apostles, I thank God, boy. And I thank God for you today, Sister Barbara. And I just want to say, everybody, have a blessed day and a great weekend. And stay out this heat. 
Did you hear me, Sister Barbara? Yes, ma'am. I heard you. I heard you. Have a great day. And to stay out this week, out this heat. Bless day and stay out this heat. Yeah, God is faithful. God is faithful, and he's there to see us through, no matter what come our way. And see, this is why being prayed up, as we call it, is so important. It's so important to have a prayer life. It's so important to train yourself to walk in the spirit that you don't fulfill the lust of your flesh because anything you come against, it, it, it won't be able to conquer you. Yeah, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But guess what? In these cases, they may come up and show themselves, but it won't get no further than that. Yeah, you're able to tell it to go back. Come on out, go back. Yeah, because it, it, demons need a body. Yeah, they need somebody to use. Yeah, they need to be housed. And the only way they they can house you is somebody got to let them in. You got to be open so that they can come in. But if we prayed up, if we covered in the blood of Jesus, if we got a prayer life and a Bible study life, no weapon formed against you, it, it can't prosper. No, it can't come in. No demon can come in. Yeah. I've seen people doing all kind of weird things, and I look, I say, oh, yeah, that's some spirits. And some people refuse to let them go because they're familiar with them. They're comfortable. They've been uh, with them so long, they don't want to let them go. And if they really don't want to let them things go, they're not going nowhere. But people that really want to let them demons go, you cast them out. You call them out, they got to come out by the power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, and he's got all power. I done shared the testimony many times. I went to the church, this church, and my son was there and uh, had the grandbabies, and I hadn't really saw the grandbabies, two twins. And I go, and there's this lady there, and she's just suffering, uh, oh, jumping around. She's just suffering. So I look, and... Uh, they finishing up the praise and worship, and the pastor get up to preach, and he look over there and want them to set her down. But before they could get over there, she went out on the floor. But when she went out on the floor, I walked over there and looked. I said, oh, okay. And I sat on back on the front pew. As soon as the benediction was over, as soon as church was over, I went to her. I said, can I see you a minute in the bathroom? She came in the bathroom with me. I said, baby, do you really want to let them things go? She said, yes. Yes, they tortured me. I really want to let them go. It was like three or four women at the door to me. That's what we want to know. But you outside the bathroom door. I'm inside the bathroom. If y'all want to know something and y'all got that kind of power, why you not in here with me? I said, well, okay, sure, if you want to let them go, they got to come out today. I commenced to calling them out. She went to spitting up all kind of, oh, my God, you talking about a horrible, horrible smell? Ooh, that thing was horrible. So when God got through with me, I said, you can go over there to the sink. She went over there to the sink and started cleaning herself up. Yeah. They real, they real. It's no joke. People that can kill a baby. People that can beat a baby to death, that's not a normal person. Demons living in them. 
They're on medication because they can't control their behavior. That's not the person in them. That's demons in them. And you medicate it, it's going to calm down. But if it's not medicated, uh-uh. And I tell people, don't, don't let them put your child on medication. Pray for your baby. Yeah. I wish I lived in the same town. Honey, we'll get it done on the phone. But some people don't want it done, but they come and act like they want it done because they know something is wrong. But if you really want it done, yeah, I'll get with you, and that thing got to go. Yeah, it's got to go. No excuses, none of that. Yeah. And the word says these guys come out only by fasting and praying. How be it, this guy goes not out, but by prayer and fasting. Jesus told him that's why you couldn't uh, cast the, the spirits out of them. Yeah, you, you didn't have enough faith, and then you wasn't fasting, and you wasn't praying. Yeah. Verse 22 uh, of chapter 17 says this, And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men. Uh-huh. And they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry because they didn't understand. And it's a lot of people been in church for years, but yet they don't understand. And and they depend on the preacher to do everything. They they don't seek God really for themselves. They seek the preacher. Yeah. Pray for me, this and that. Yeah. But what we got to do is get to know God for ourselves. And once you know him for yourself, no one can cheat you. Yeah. No one can take nothing from you. You're, you're here, people preaching a lie and it'll, you'll cringe. But you'll be like, that's not right. That is not right right there. Mm-hmm. And it is all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please note, we thank God this morning for all he has said and done. And uh, we're great for every caller and every listener. Thank God for the testimonies this morning. And Sister Dot, I know what you're talking about. Ah, yeah. I know about that kind of thing. But the scripture also teaches us this over in the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. Thou preparest a table. Ah, woo, before me in the presence of mine enemies. He will anoint our head with oil and allow our cup to run over. And surely now, goodness and mercy... Oh, thank you, Jesus, will follow me all the days of my life. It's going to follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. I'm going to dwell in him. Christ is the head of the church. Hallelujah. He died for it. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to dedicate this one to every caller and every listener this morning. And uh, it's all right today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. What the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you'd believe me now. If you turned my whole life upside down. Took the old and he made it new. That's just what the mercy of God now I'm alive to tell the story How I've overcome His goodness and mercy And the power of His blood I'm so glad that my freedom Wasn't based on what I've done And the power of the blood So much power in the blood
power of the blood. The power of the blood. There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. You'll heal today. Unto him 
for his faithfulness. Ah, yeah, because without him, I couldn't make it today. Without him, I wouldn't be here today. But I'm thankful unto him. And we pray for those that uh, are close to us that have these spirits and ask God to deliver them. And uh, we let go and let God have his way. Yeah. And I'm thankful unto him. But uh, we need to fast more, pray more, get in your word more, the word of God. And uh, that way, when you see this stuff come up, if they want to let it go, let them demons go, you can call them out. Yeah. And you don't always have to battle. It's not always a battle for them to come out. You see what Jesus did with them demons? He sat down in the swines. He didn't battle. Come on out of there. Let's go. You got to go. Yeah. Wasn't no battle. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else have something they would like to say this morning? All right. If not, we will pray out and go to our last song of the morning, and we pray that the Lord bring us back Monday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. You know, I thank God for the work. I'm going to tell you the truth. I thank God for this work, because when you work unto him, he will bless you. And see, you never know how he's going to move. You never know what he's going to do for you. And so some people say, no, I can't go with that because I got to have a sure fire thing. I got to know what day that money coming, and I got to know what time is coming. No, not for me. I trust God. And he has never failed me. But I went through great trials because, and still go through them because I had to learn. It taught me a valuable lesson. They that wait on the Lord. Everything won't be overnight. You feel like, ooh, I need this right now, Lord. Give me some food right now, Lord. I need a roof over my head right now. He's not moving quick. Yeah, he want to see what you're going to do, how you're handling it. I'm right here with you, but how are you uh, taking this? Because what we need to do is keep calling on him, keep leaning and depending on him. When he sent the apostles out, he told them don't take no coat. Don't take nothing. No change of clothes. Don't take nothing. Go on. You get to a place and they don't receive you, shake the very dust off your feet and go on to the next spot. Yeah. But we don't take that word wholeheartedly. And see, we 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 became wickeder and wiser. And so we think we're putting God's word, look at, seek him for the, the understanding of his word. Ask him to teach you how to apply his word to your everyday life, because that's what we need to know. You got all kind of people up preaching and teaching, and that's not even what God is talking about. They haven't even been through an experience yet. Yeah, I, I even look back at Jacob. How he said, I, I, I'm not turning you loose. I'm going to wrestle with you until you bless me. And sometimes I feel like, going, Lord, I want this. And, Lord, I can't let go until you bless me. But you got to know when, where, and how. Hallelujah. Only God can give you the real instructions. We get some instructions from the preacher. But God said, how can they know without a preacher? And how can he preach unless he's been sent? So we get some instructions from the preacher. But you'll get more from God 
on what the instructions that he sent the preacher to teach and preach to you. So we want him to be the God of our lives. Yeah, what God says is what matters. Those 66 books, that's what's important. And man is trying to be so smart and just as dumb as a bag of rocks, as they call it. The smarter he thinks he is, I'm telling you, the dumber he becomes because of this. You don't know the mind of God. And unless God gives you this, you won't have it. You can't wake yourself up in the morning. You can't move your hands. You don't have your life unless he allows it. The only reason why we're here today is because God is allowing us to be. Without him, we can do nothing. Yeah. And it's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. But we want to be covered in him. If he's in you and you in him, we want to be covered by him. We want to walk in the spirit. Stop all this flesh walking. Stop all this pleasing people. Uh, you presenting for the people and all this old stuff. Stop it. Put God in the place of people. Start impressing Jesus. Let's see how would you impress him. He's not impressed with clothes, hairdos, shoes, uh, what you drive, where you live. He's not impressed by that. It was him that blessed you to have it. He's impressed by a good heart, a faithful heart, a true heart, or obedient unto his word and he, and the Father heart. That that's what will impress him. We will impress God when we love people. I heard the man say this morning he didn't have love like he should have. For God, and I'm telling you that's what he told me. That's what will cause me to go back with him is love. Yep. I asked him, and that's what he gave. And he took me to the book of First John, the fourth chapter. Took me over there about that love. Because a lot of times we want to do a lot of things because we don't like it. And it's not the way I do things. It's not what I believe. But love and loving kindness have I drawn thee. We got to tell people the truth, but you got to do it in love. Anybody really know me? No, I show people love. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't hang out with the bad and the ugly, now. I'm not hang- and I'm not hanging with the good too long. But I'm going to do what God would have me to do, and I'm gone. I'm through. Mm-hmm. I've tried to show people love, and the Lord said, uh-uh, they, they don't understand that. They, they think you're some kind of nut. They think you're a blunky. They think you want something from them. I just stopped loving them. I just backed up and went on. <laughs> God is faithful to us. He loves us like we've never saw before. We've never seen. We don't. We don't know about that kind of love because we we got a different kind. We call it love. We love you if you can give us something. We love you if you look a certain way. We love you if you act, you know, a certain way. If you're a celebrity and you're doing what I like, you're an artist and you you sing in the way I want you to sing, and them, and them lyrics hitting the way that we got that kind of mentality. I love you if you look like me. I love you if you like what I like. Uh-uh. We got to love people. 
I believe the world would have been a better place if we, the church folks could have loved, but they can't. The people of God, we love folk. Church folks is a whole different thing. they members of a club, and they can do or, or not do and still feel like they're right with God. Yeah, but he said if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away, and behold, all things become new. Because you you won't remain the same person. There'll be some changes about you because you're thinking different. You you don't want to do those things you used to do. You don't even want to think like that. You want to give God your whole heart and love people. And and if you're getting aggravated real quick, ask God to remove that aggravation spirit from you, the aggravating demons. I've heard people say all kind of stuff. I don't like, and some days my mouth just be open and I have to look at the phone. Like if they was here, I look at the phone in disbelief. What? But you say he lives in you. You say you got him. You say you love him. The way to show God you love him, love his people. But don't mean give them your last dime. It don't mean give them your last crust of bread. But show them love. People cry. I cry with them. Yeah. And God know our heart today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if no one else, I would pray us out, and uh, we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning. But before I go, let me do this right quick. Good morning again to you, Sister Jerry and Sister Dorothy Goodman and Brother Anthony. Good morning, Sister Irene. Good morning, Sister Sion and Pastor David in the house and uh, my buddy. And uh, good morning to you, Sister Rita, I believe it is, and Brother, I mean, Sister Samoa. And a good morning to you, Alaska. And I think I saw Sister Diane down there earlier. And I saw Sister Stenner, I think. And uh, God bless you this morning. Good morning, Sister Stenner. I see your number. I thought I, I had missed it. And uh, Brother Frank, good morning to you. God bless each and every one of you, those coming through the podcast and the archive. God bless you today. Thank God for you. Thank God for every listener and every caller. Nobody is not... Uh, I don't want you to feel like, oh, well, she called their name, she know them. No, you're just as important. All of us, each of us here, we are important. God brought us together here for a purpose. He brought us together here for a reason. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he knows what's best for us today. So listen, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done here today. We thank you for your word, for your word is a lamp unto our feet. Father, it's a light unto our path. We thank you for testimonies this morning. For, Lord, it's unto you. You're the great God, almighty God that have all power. You're the God that healeth thee. And, Father, there's no higher power. It was you so loved the world, Father, that you sent your only begotten Son, that if we believe on him, we won't perish but have everlasting life. And as we depart this morning, Father, I ask that we would get in your word more. Lord, you designed the fast for us. You sent us the date to fast, God. Strengthen us in our fast. That, God, we put nothing in our mouth. 
But every time we think of hunger, Lord, we open your word. Every time we think of hunger, we begin to pray uh, and ask you to strengthen us throughout this fast. And God, give us the spirit of deliverance. That God, we can deliver your people as you use us because of what you put in us. We wish none should perish. None should suffer even God. And many of these spirits are torturing people. Many of these spirits have people doing all kind of things that they shouldn't be doing, things to hurt others. And, Father, we ask this morning that you would make us ambassadors of you, ambassadors of deliverance in the name of Jesus, or use us in your service. And, Lord, let nobody be tricked. Let no one be tricked to think that they heard and begin to step out on what they think they heard because the enemy has tricked. But God, let it all come from you in the name of Jesus. And again, as we depart, we bind up every evil and hindering and negative spirit. Anything that's not like Jesus, we bind it up and cast it to the pits of hell in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you right now. And we ask again that you would rebuke the devour for our sake, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Father, as we depart this morning, touch and heal those that are sick. Lord, you know what they're standing in need of in healing, mentally, physically. Oh, thank you, Lord, and spiritually. Do it this morning in the name of Jesus. Touch and heal, share with body, God. Lord, let her know everything is going to be all right. There's nothing too hard for you to do. Or we ask it this morning in Jesus' name. As we depart, bless our going out and our coming in. Meet the need in our lives, Father, financially, materialistically, naturally. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your Son, Christ Jesus. And, Father, we ask all of this this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for being a supplier of need. We thank you this morning for being our refuge, our God, our covering. We thank you this morning. Hallelujah. And, Father, without you, we can do nothing. We need you to move for us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed weekend. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you this weekend, starting June the 24th, 2022, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and uh, we're going to our last song, of the morning and after this song I won't be coming back today Come on everybody Get your feet happy Let's go Come on
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.